This can be played at high volume. Live and local. This is the game. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. It's Saturday, and you know what that means. Finally time for the world-famous CD to step to the mic for two straight hours of no-holds-barred sports talk. It's better than Desperate Housewives. Are you You better get ready. Yeah! Because Under the Dome with CD starts right now. Let's do it. I'm ready. Let's do it. Good afternoon, beautiful people. It is a Saturday unlike any other. Under the Dome with CD, hour two officially underway. We're coming to you live, as always, from the beautiful game studios. Appreciate you listening. However you're doing so, be it through the tower power that is the game. 103.7 Live yet, or if you're out towards Lake Charles, appreciate you listening in. Over there on 1041, the free mobile app, smart speakers, the dot com. So, 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 so many ways to check us out and appreciate you for finding us on all those different platforms. If you want to call up 337-706-0111, normally We've got a lineup that's locked in, locked down, locked down. Well, we had a emergency guest, a guest pullout of the show. Probably the first time it's ever happened for me. But you know, when it's the final four weekend and some guy you're on, you have on talk about a to talk about it is a little preoccupied. I get it. Nature of the beast. Sometimes I get it. I'm not gonna hate on him for it. Hey, you know, you have an opportunity to do some Final Four discussion? That's fine with me. Currently trying to get maybe a last-minute addition to come on the program at 11.30 to talk the NCAA Final Four. But I'll probably get to that just on my own over the course of this next hour. But if you want to talk MLB, Saints, Cajuns, LSU, far be it from me to stop you. 337-706-0111. And I want to get into some of the MLB stuff because MLB is about to get started in five days. We talked about it with our guy, Chris Gordy. And to be honest, I'm looking forward to seeing the season start a little bit behind schedule. But before we do that, let's go out to the 103, the game hotline, excuse me, the game hotline right now. Let's get out, get out there. 337 is the number to dial. Let's get out there. Hello, you're under the dome. Uh, hello, is this 103? Hey, this is Clint Dummy. What's going on, man? Uh, yes, sir. I'm, I want to ask something. Like, I leave my radio set on 103.7 during the week and around uh, different parts of the yeah. day, I turn it on. And uh, some days I catch static and some days I don't. Is that is it my radio? We've been doing some maintenance. I appreciate the call. appreciate the concern. So we've been doing a bit of maintenance with that. We've been doing a little, a little bit of maintenance the last week or so. That's going to be finished today. But you can also always, always listen in on the free mobile app. It's 
always up. It's always running, and it never fails. And it comes in crystal clear, damn near HD audio, if that's actually a thing. I think it is. But enough about some of the technical things going on behind the scenes. Let's get somebody that wanted to talk actual conversation more and off-air side. If you want to talk about that, talk to me off-air during a commercial break on that front. So we're going to go ahead and kind of shift the conversation over. 337-706-0111. And I want to do something. I usually do it every year. I like to have fun and look at the NFL, the MLB, and give you my predictions before the season starts. And I'll start in the AL because that's the league that I kind of know the most and I just have the most observations about. The AL East, I'll start there. I think the Red Sox could be a team that's going to probably get back into the conversation of a top three team in the league, in the, in that division. I think, obviously, your worst is going to be the Orioles. The Blue Jays are a team that's probably going to be between fourth and second place in that division. That's just kind of where I land on that. It's going to be fun to see how that all pans out, to see how it all works out. So the so I think you'll see the, the Orioles be the worst team by far, not just in the AL, but the entire league, because it's their lot in life. The Blue Jays, they have a lot of young talent. They've been stockpiling a lot of good players, a lot of good choices. The Rays, I have a feeling things are going to get good for them, but I feel like they're going to be that team that's in that, that that middle of the pack in the AL West, yeah, AL East, excuse me, is going to be intriguing. How are those other four teams going to work out? The Blue Jays, the Red Sox, the Rays, and the Yankees. Who's going to stand out on top of everybody else? I am going to go ahead and go with the Rays, and Red Sox being 1-2. It's a very close race. I think the Yankees are 3 and the Blue Jays are 4. But it's going to be a very tight race. The The Jays are a few years away, I think, from being a legit contender in the East. They have so much young talent. That's kind of where I'm at on this. So I'll go AL East. I'll go the Red Sox winning Excuse me, the Rays winning the division, the Red Sox probably are going to be a strong wild card. Now we get to the AL Central. I I think this one's going to be a lot more lopsided. I think it's the White Sox and the Twins division to lose. I'll give the Twins a slight edge because Chicago, last year, I saw a lot of people buying into them, and they were bought in hard. That team did not intrigue me at all. So when it comes down to it, I think I got to go with the Twins winning the division. I think Carlos Correa is going to be a key cog in that team, and I wouldn't be surprised if the White Sox sneak in as a wild card in that play-in game heading into the ALDS. Excuse me, they, the wild not the wild card, the first round of it. They'll be in the wild card games, and they'll be in the first round, the true first round of the playoffs. That said. I'm intrigued to see how the AL West is going to go. A lot of people are buying into the Seattle Mariners. 
I just still think it's the Houston Astros division to lose at this point. In order, I think the AL West goes like this. Astros, Mariners, A's, Angels, and Rangers. I talked about it a lot last week. The Rangers, I mean, not the Rangers, the Angels. The Rangers never do anything worth a damn this year or for the next several in my mind. But the Angels only have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, two MVP players. But they don't have anything else. When Shohei is not pitching, it's not great. When Shohei is not hitting, it's kind of feast or famine. They don't have an ability to reach the highest level possible. That's kind of my thing. They don't have the ability to get past that middle of the pack syndrome, being a fourth place team in a division that I think is getting better. The Mariners have to prove to me a lot because they can start off a season red hot and look great. They've done that the last several years where they start off strong, look good, but then it dips down into like a, a valley and then they get up a little bit, but they never get back to the heights where they were. So in terms of your postseason, I think we see Yankees. I think we see the Tigers. I'd say the Astros, and for conversation's sake, I think the Mariners get in as well into the postseason. I think that's kind of your six teams that I can say right now without a doubt are in. Now when it comes to anybody else, it's tough. I I can't see the Cleveland Guardians getting much better. The Detroit Tigers are a team that's probably going to be hanging around, and again, the AL Central's top-heavy. It's Twins and White Sox. The Royals aren't great. The Guardians, I just don't know a whole heck of a lot about them. I feel like they're a team with a bunch of unknown guys. Then you've got you know, the Detroit Tigers. They are a team that I think could be right smack dab in the middle and maybe sneak into the postseason, but I can't tell you that with any certainty. They're going to be a team you keep an eye on. Now we get to the NL East, and I just saw this bit of news. If you're a Braves fan, like RP3, I'd say yeah. Like definitely would say, hey, we're going to go ahead and push this thing around and see where it goes. But Braves fans, just kind of earmuff it for a minute because I just saw this. One of their pitchers is out for the year. MRI came back, and it's not great. I wish I could find it. Luke Jackson, right, the righty, went, underwent a MRI exam and injured his UCL, so he's be undergoing a comprehensive evaluation. So more likely than not, he is probably going to be done for the rest of the season. Optimistically, bulk of it, but the Braves are your defending World Series champions. They've lost a lot of. Like, it felt to a certain extent like the end of the like Marlins World Series run where you won it, but you had to wind up chopping off a lot of key players right away. Freddie Freeman's no longer there. There's just – they had a weird offseason. And he wound up going to play for the evil empire over the West Coast. I think the Braves have a very good shot at getting 
back into the NL East division winners. The, the Nationals, I think it's going to be a, a mashup of the Nationals, Marlins, and Phillies. Kind of shuffle those three teams together. That's how your bottom three are. Your top two are probably going to be your Mets and Braves. I think the Braves have the slight edge over them. So Braves, Braves win the division there. Going to be intriguing. Now you get to the NL Central. I think the Cards are definitely a team that's going to be a contender for that division. They're at the top of my list of teams. Brewers, I think they probably are the team that's going to win it. The Cardinals should win it, but I'm not necessarily sure that an aging Albert Pujols can help fix some of the ills on the team. But it'll be interesting to see how the how the Cubs turn out. I think the Cubs are going to probably be, again, that square, middle of the pack, third team in. In there probably could be a very much fringe wildcard team. The Reds, I just don't know a whole heck of a lot about them. They could be a team that makes some noise, but I'm just not necessarily that intrigued by it. But the, but the Pittsburgh Pirates all do respect towards our guy Alan Magle. I think, without a doubt, those Yenzers aren't going to get a whole heck of a lot done in 2022. Jump into the NL West for, for a hot beat, then we'll take a quick timeout. And then I'll probably go into some postseason stuff real quick. And then we'll talk some uh, soccer. Yes, you heard me right. We're talking soccer. Did not expect to do that before yesterday. I'll tell you that much right now. But we'll go to the NL West. It's a two-horse race. It's the Dodgers and the Giants. And it's weird to say that, but the Giants looked a lot better last season. I think they are going to be a team that sneaks into the wild card and could make some noise. The Dodgers are a strong front runner to be the winner of the NL West, if not the entire National League. And they are every year, but I think this is a situation where they have continued to re-bolster a roster that's already bloated with talent with even more this past offseason. Just on the offensive side, they are going to be damn near godlike. So I'll go Dodgers, Giants right behind them. I'll probably go Padres, but the Padres are a team that's very fringe towards being the bottom because you overpaid to a certain extent Fernando Tatis Jr. for one big year. And again, that's fine because he did a phenomenal job building up that team. But how much is that going to kind of script get flipped between now and the start of 2020, the end of the season? Is he going to be able to make it through the entire year? Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be a name we're all kind of wondering how it's going to work out. He's going to be sidelined to start the season out for three months with a fractured wrist. Like, that's not good. And again, you just paid this guy $340 million, and this is what you're getting. The ROI, if this were in in the business sense, it is absolutely awful. And I'm hopeful they can kind of get over the muck and the mire after those first three months 
but they could be a team that kind of hovers around where the Diamondbacks are, the Rockies are. He's getting that. I think Rockies and Padres, it could those two could switch in three, four in like a hot minute. So in my mind, the winners of the divisions are the Pirates. No, excuse me, the, not the Pirates. I think the Cardinals, the Dodgers, and the Braves are your teams that are going to win the divisions out of the NL. I give some quick thoughts on my potential postseason, who I think makes it to the World Series next. You're listening to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. After all your problems during the week, it's finally the weekend. Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. That means you're getting more Under the Dome with CD right now on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Live yet and 1041 Lake Charles. Hopefully you're having a great Louisiana Saturday morning, almost Saturday afternoon. Getting kind of hungry right about now inside the game studios. We were going to have a guest on in the next segment, but we're going to kind of move forward and push onward to a conversation about the MLB. We talked about it in the last segment, looking at kind of the season ahead and where things kind of lie in the American League and the National League. I'll go ahead and just do it real quick. I'm not going to go through the entire postseason. I'll just be like I'm playing MLB the show and sim to the World Series. So based off everything that I have, I would not be surprised in the slightest if we do see a team like the Rays get back into the World Series. Their team that could make a big run. If you want to give us a call, call us up. 337-706-0111. 337-706-0111. And let me just, I'm going to go ahead and throw out my NL contender and give my pick for the World Series. So I think the Rays win theirs. I think they play the Los Angeles Dodgers when it's all said and done. And I think the Dodgers win in six, as much as it pains me to say, because I'm not a huge fan of what the Dodgers have done over the last couple of years, and they're starting to become a true evil empire. So that's kind of where I land over there. But now we go to the game hotline once again, 337-706-0111. If you want to talk sports, so let's get out to the hotline right now. Hello, you're under the dome. Antagonator. Antagonator. What's happening, brother? Not much. What's happening to the world-famous Clint Domain? What you mean? What's going on, buddy? Uh, it's all good, man. It's all good. What What you got in your mind today? Well, I heard you talking about my Cardinals a while ago. Yeah? They're going to win the World Series this year. You really think so? You really think so? I, I, I Just sell me on that. Give me the elevator pitch like you're, like you're selling some sponsorship for this show. Give me the elevator pitch why the St. Louis Cardinals well, should be are going to win the World Series. 
our pitching staff is great. Our closer is top of the line. We've got an awesome first baseman. We've got an awesome outfield. We've got an awesome shortstop, awesome catcher. Now we added, and I know he's old, but Albert Pujols is going to come in and be the designated hitter, and he's going to revive his career where it all started. And that's going to carry us through the World Series. You re- I, I, I love the enthusiasm there, Antagonator. And, again, there's some really great players out there, Arenado, Yadi Molina. But it, it just feels like this is – you're putting all the pieces together. But when you also see another team that's building the Death Star in the Dodgers. And as somebody who detests the Dodgers as much as I detest the Yankees, not just because of the fact they are being a team that's just – scooping up players left, right, and sideways, but also because of the Astros signed ceiling scandal and the way they handled things, I would love to see it. But I'm just not necessarily outright sold on it. I think there's going to be some intriguing guys in that mix, but I'm just not necessarily sure how it's all going to work out over the course of however many games this year is. I don't think it's 162. If it is, it's going to be it's going to feel like a long slog, especially once we get into the dog days of summer. Well, it's going to be the Cardinals and the Dodgers in the National League Championship Series. And then I don't care who comes out of the American League. It doesn't matter. But the Cardinals are going to beat the Dodgers in five, and they're going to go to the World Series and win in five. I appreciate the the call, Antagonator. Appreciate that as per the huge, the great conversation we just had talking about that. Game. That's going to be a lot of fun to see how it all kind of pans out for those St. Louis Cardinals as they're making a transition to possibly a big year. But I think they're still going to be running into some landmines, especially in the NL. And the, the Dodgers are the biggest one of them all. But now we're going to shift the conversation to something I didn't expect to talk about because I didn't realize it was happening. I didn't, I, it just feels like, but again, it's the fact that it's in Qatar, Qatar, however you pronounce it. The fact they have this thing going down in like November, like this usually goes down in December, but all of a sudden you've got the draw of the world cup. It happened yesterday and the United States got in. I mean, that alone, I'm, I'm super excited for Meanwhile, we're waiting to find out who's going to come out of the UEFA playoff between Wales, Scotland, and Ukraine to see who's coming out of that on top. But but I'm not really going to care about that all that much, in all honesty. Because there's one thing I care about more than anything is the fact that we're getting, like, it's, Almost the cherry on top of what's going to be one of my favorite weekends in all those sports. And I'd say, all right, if we're going to power rank the best weekends in sports right now on the show, hell, I might do it more in depth in the next segment. But Black Friday is towards the top. The weekend, the day after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving weekend, that is some of the best damn sports weekend I can have. Rivalry weekend, the last week before 
championship Saturday in college. We got football on Thursday, football on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's not even counting high school football on the Friday night. We got a lot of big rivalries going down. But then I see pop up on my feed, USA versus England on Black Friday. Give that to me all day and twice on Sunday seeing those British taking on the U.S. of A and a pretty decent U.S. men's national team. I don't care if they make it out alive or not in that World Cup in terms of being able to make it into the knockout stage, but the fact that we get in pool play, Group B, a really fun Group B at that with England, Iran, and the U.S. of A. And then Wales. If you give me Scotland in that, it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun to see those two square off. But that's kind of where I'm at. The U.S. of A. is going to have a really fun time taking on England. And just having that on rivalry weekend, it's the cherry on top of what is normally one of my favorite weekends of the year in sports. It brings it up just a little bit more. And I was going to talk some college basketball. We're going to try and shift that conversation into March Madness, Final Four this weekend. But I want to kind of shift it over towards what I just said. Favorite sports weekends, Final Four, NCAA Tournament, Masters weekend, whatever it is, we're going to talk about that right now. If you want to call us up on your favorite sports weekend, give us a call, 337-706-0111. Like Jim Rome says, I got takes for days, but I got a take that kind of just sprouted out of just a simple sentence. And we're going to take that into the next segment. When we come back, keep it locked right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. That's up a great weekend. It's WrestleMania weekend, baby. Oh, hell. Yeah! Back after this. Most sports talk shows turn it up to 10 on the amp, but Under the Dome is far from your ordinary sports talk show. It takes it just one step higher. These guys are laughing. Now back to the show that gets the lead out. Under the Dome with CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back to Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 1037 Live Yet and 1041 Lake Charles. Appreciate you listening in, however you're doing so. And I want to flip the conversation over to something I brought up in the last segment. If you want to call up on this, trust me, you want to get in on it. 337-706-0111 is the number to dial. Call us up. And give me your opinions and shout us out a little bit about what you think concerning your favorite sports weekends. And it could be over the course of several days, like the NCAA tournament, that first two rounds. I'll tell you that. That is probably, if I were to go ahead and do top five right here, right now, I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to go ahead and do it. 
top five sports weekends of all time. I think we go NFL draft number five because that takes up three days, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That is a fun weekend, especially to be on the air while like the final, like I've been on the air during the final day of the NFL draft. And that is wild. Last year, I had damn near a mental breakdown over the fact that the Saints drafted Ian Book where they did. I'm still not a, I'm still not a fan of that, mind you. I'm still not necessarily a huge fan of the Peyton Turner pick. It did work out in a sense getting Marcus Davenport, but just that weekend, it's so much fun just to be able to keep tabs on all the picks, especially during the last day. Add the fact that it's also usually during festival weekend. That also is a plus in in that column. And it's always just a wild, like, three, four days. And Sunday, you can see all the undrafted guys get picked up. That's always a fun weekend. So number five is the NFL draft. I'll go number four. I got to go with the Masters. Because that is some high-quality entertainment. If you love golf, if you love sports, you are glued to your tube. Like, even if you've got a really good baseball game going on, you are watching the Masters, especially the final round. I can I cannot tell you how many times I've been in a press box on Championship Sunday, on the last day of the tourney, the final round, and it's on. Like, I can remember being in the press box at the Teague when Tiger Woods won his a few years ago. A lot of people will never forget that one. And the fact that it was on, like, the final round was early in the day because they were expecting bad weather. So they were able to wrap it up around, like, 1, 2 o'clock, and you're able to go about your day. Which is always a big plus. But that moment is probably one of my favorite sports moments. Being able to cover a game while have while seeing Tiger Woods win a US win, win the Masters. Now, does he show up at the Masters this year? I don't necessarily think so. That's kind of not too far down the road, too. So number four, we're gonna go Masters. Number five is easy enough. It's the NFL draft. Number three. I'm gonna go ahead and say I think my one of my favorite weekends in all of sports has to go to opening weekend of the college football season. That is like high quality stuff. Like every game just winds up feeling so much bigger. It's always like primetime marquee matchups against non-conference. That's always a fun fun. I like guess it's on Labor Day weekend. You've got that going like I can tell you there's about 50 different things going on during opening weekend of college football, especially now. You got it starting on like Friday, Saturday is always the like high quality games. Sunday you have a couple little main event quality games all out for AEWs going on that weekend. That's always fun for me. So that's a big draw. So number number three is opening weekend of college football. I'll go number two, Thanksgiving weekend. Simply because of what I said earlier. You've got not one, not two, not three, not four, but five straight days of football, Jack. Thursday, 
football all day, NFL, some college, Friday night football. You've got high school football right in the thick of the playoffs. In some cases, the semifinals and select, quarterfinals and non-select. If that don't get your blood pumping, I don't know what will. I feel like you may have literal, like a black heart because of how much you just don't have that energy flowing when you see high school football on a Friday night, then Saturday, rivalry week, the Iron Bowl, LSU A&M has been the game du jour the last few years. Maybe once Texas finally comes to the SEC, that rivalry can be renewed, make that the last week of the year, put something else in that spot for LSU, maybe bring back LSU-Arkansas. That was always a fun Black Friday game. I am telling you, the rivalries are going to be a lot more fun once the SEC adds on Texas and Oklahoma. I Again, I just feel like LSU-Arkansas, Black Friday, that was like a good bit of my childhood. But then you got Saturday. Those games are always fun. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday NFL. And you wrap it all up with a nice Monday night football game. And then you kind of realize, hey, those college football games, they're getting less and less. You get a little scared, but guess what? You know that you had one hell of a final week of regular season football to kind of satiate yourself. And it's going to be a whole hell of a lot of fun to see how it all works out in the future. But number two, without a doubt, it's it's Black Friday weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend, those four, five days of football. It's It can't really be matched. And number one, I mentioned earlier, I, I love Final Four weekend. I love it, the fact that it's always coinciding with WrestleMania. But you cannot beat the first four days of the NCAA tournament. By far the most thrilling entertainment ever. Because show of hands out there in listener land. How many of y'all are out there looking to find a way to watch the game? Hell, you might be trying to negotiate a WFH now that you know work from home has become part of the nomenclature in the world of COVID and in in post-COVID world. I think it's still going to be a thing. It's definitely good bargaining chip, if you will, if you will. But I think we can all agree that right here, right now, the fact that we have a whole new world when it comes to, you know, college basketball, the field is 68, and it whittles down to the Sweet 16 by Sunday. And you have pretty much wall-to-wall basketball from 11 a.m. till about 11 p.m. That is a sports and degenerate gambler's dream. That's where I'm at on this. And you can't tell me otherwise that that is, without a doubt, the greatest sports weekend of all. And yes, that that oh, that trumps Super Bowl weekend. That trumps International Fight Week. That trumps Fourth of July weekend, which in some cases coincides with International Fight Week. That is 
Kentucky Derby weekend can take a back seat in my mind. The first four days of the NCAA tournament, Thursday to Sunday, that's what I consider the, I mean, hell, even that Saturday, Sunday, the round of 32 is still high quality entertainment. Tell me, tell me right now, if you had the opportunity to enjoy, to just sit back and enjoy four days of sports, would you rather enjoy four days of college basketball where it's complete chaos from Thursday at 11 till Sunday night around like 9 o'clock? Give me that. Even over Black Friday weekend, Thursday, we had pro football, a little college. Friday, a lot of college. Saturday, a whole ton of college and its rivalry games. Then you give me Sunday football in November when things start to get down to the nitty-gritty. Not necessarily as nitty-gritty as it was now that the league has extended games. I love that weekend. Final Four weekend is great. But when it's years like this, and this isn't a slight against programs like Duke, UNC, Kansas, and Villanova. They deserve to be in that spot. But when I see those four names, and three of those being blue bloods, and mind you, they're all literally teams with the color blue in their logos, I can't help but to be a little disappointed. Again, that's just me. Because Villanova is a fun team to watch. What Jay Wright's done to help build that program, it's fantastic. See what he does with that program. Duke, yeah, Coach K gearing up for his last ride. Is this his last game tonight? There's intrigue left, right, and sideways with this. Now we get to the conversation about what happens if UNC gets back into it. And if this isn't time as a flat circle type stuff, I want y'all to be blown away by this. 2016, six years ago, the Final Four was out in Houston, Texas. You know who faced off in the national championship game? I do. Villanova, UNC. And I mentioned it earlier. And I'm not going to bring up too much wrestling on this show. That's what the Cajun Strong Style Podcast is for. You can check it out however you get your podcasts. And trust me, as soon as Sunday turns to Monday, it's going to be a big one with the WrestleMania Night 1 and Night 2 on tap. But it's wild to think about this. The last time WrestleMania was in Dallas, Texas, was in 2016. And the final that Monday was Nova UNC. It's a different venue for the 2022 National Championship, but it feels like time is a flat circle if come Monday we're previewing right here on the game, which you'll hear that game, by the way, right here. And we're previewing Nova UNC 
it's going to be wild. I'll just go ahead and leave it at that. We'll take a quick timeout. I want to get into the conversation about the NFL as well because they announced something I'm kind of conflicted on when it comes to a new rule change. We'll talk about that right before we wrap up hour two. Got an extra half hour. Going to talk some collectibles because there's something really cool coming up next weekend. And we'll talk with Chad DiMaggio. Going to talk to him about all that in the top of the hour. But in the meantime, we'll kind of take a quick timeout, talk some NFL, and then we get into the extra half hour, the mysterious third hour. We're back after this on the game. 1037 Lafayette, uh huh, and 1041 Lake Charles. While taking commercial break, wanna step into a slim gym? Ooh, yeah. famous CD may be in his 30s, but he's still a kid at heart. (laughs) Now, let's get back to a guy that has an unhealthy obsession with a number that offensive linemen wear with Under the Dome with the world famous CD on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back, chicos, to uh, Under the Dome with CD right here on the game. 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles. Going to talk some card collecting and, more importantly, some really cool sports memorabilia. Something cool going on next weekend that I think you should know about. We'll talk about that and more at the top of the hour. In the meantime, in between time, I got another one more segment to get a takeoff. Before we get to that, then we'll get to one final take about the MLB before we kind of send this thing off to LSU baseball. Going to be starting at 12.30 pregame, 1 o'clock first pitch. Chris Blair on the call for the action. I think it's probably going to be – I think Doug Thompson typically is going to be your day-to-day guy. I I feel like DT is going to be right beside our guy. But I just saw this pop up. P.J. Williams signs a one-year deal with the New Orleans Saints. At least we've got one of the Williams guys back. Fourth straight year, he's signing a one-year contract. So it's great to see that go the right way. I believe they also signed somebody else just a little while ago. Oh, Jaleel Johnson. He's going to be going to the Saints on a one-year deal. He's Texans defensive tackle. Going to fill up that defensive line even more with guys like Shai Tuttle, David Onyemata, Albert Huggins. You've got Contavia Street, Malcolm Roach, Christian Ringo, and Brandon Hoyt. You can't have too much of a good thing, at least that's for me. Then again, I am a little bit more heavy. So I guess I guess you need to take some lessons from that. But anyways, the NFL announced earlier this week their new overtime rules for the postseason only. And it's a slippery slope, but you know, but it makes me wonder why are we getting this now? That's it's kind of a double-edged sword there, if you will. 
because both teams will get one possession when playing in an overtime game during the postseason. Not like what we've seen in the past where we saw the Chiefs-Bills go to overtime and the Chiefs won 42-36 after scoring a touchdown on the first possession. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Because that's basically what freaking happened about two years ago with the New Orleans Saints losing to the Minnesota Vikings. Hell, it happened to the Saints earlier this year when they lost to the damn New York Giants. So trust me, this is not the first time something like this has happened. But I wonder, is this going to be a slippery slope for the NFL? Do we see this become more of a thing in games that don't necessarily have as much brevity as a playoff game, a regular season game? Because then I'm like, what's next? I I get why they're doing it, but I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of it. I'll leave it at that. But we'll take a quick timeout. Chad DiMaggio joining the program next to start off a mysterious third hour, only half hour before we get to LSU baseball. We'll talk about some card collecting and, more importantly, something cool going on next weekend. You're listening to The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's 